Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Iran allows industrial Bitcoin mining as it seeks economic refuge. China arrests 109 members of Bitcoin's largest Ponzi scheme. And of course, in our main story, happy birthday to Ethereum. All coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today is Thursday, July 30th, 2020, and it's Eth's fifth birthday. So, of course, I want to say happy birthday to Eth. I want to say happy birthday to the creators of Eth, all the people that are involved. We're going to get into all of those people in just a minute with a conversation with Mr. Asad Dedizade, a writer of Decrypt. We're going to very casually talk about Eth's history. And before we get into that conversation, there is no very extreme or bad language but there is some iffy language in there. So please, if you're riding in a car with kids, just know there might be an SHIT bomb once or twice throughout this conversation. Before we get into that conversation, though, we have to take a look at the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 12.35 p.m. Eastern Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $10,984, down 1.3% from yesterday. Ethereum. 318.27 down 1.1% from yesterday. Litecoin 56.75 up 2.3% from yesterday. Bitcoin Cash 287.60 down 0.7 from yesterday. And XRP 21.1 cents up 1% from yesterday. We're a mixed bag today. I'm still bullish. Let's see what this weekend holds. Now, let's talk Ethereum. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Today's a big day because today is July 30th, which is Eth's fifth birthday. And you wrote an article in Decrypt.co today entitled Happy Fifth Birthday Ethereum. Tell us about your article and where did this all start, sir? Uh, so before I even jump into this, um, this was super exciting to research and also kind of painful because I heard about Bitcoin and Ethereum all those years ago and did nothing about it. So this was kind of bittersweet to write, but also oh, really okay. interesting. So you're, you're like all the rest of us, all the rest of us <laughs> plebs that had money in the bank and just nowhere, to, nothing to do with it. Slightly worse. I downloaded um, uh, a Bitcoin, the wallet and the miner were pretty much the year it came out. And uh, I kept getting this error that I didn't understand. So I just gave up on it and thought, this is stupid anyway. What, what am I even doing? Uh, so it's even more painful than that. Ouch. I, that <laughs> was when they had the faucets and they were just dropping 50 oh, BTC at people. Literally raining money, yeah. Well, at the time, it was raining raining not even pennies. We didn't know <laughs> that it was going to be $11,000 Bitcoin uh, 10 years later. Exactly. The, the one thing that makes me feel a bit better is I, I, I hear stories about people who've lost their hard drives or even the guy that bought um, spent Bitcoin to buy pizza, and that would be even more painful. So sorry to them if they're listening. <laughs> but we're not talking about Bitcoin today. We're talking about Ethereum. Uh, exactly, we are. So to uh, get back to Ethereum, um, so it all kind of began, weirdly, with World of Warcraft, which 
is a very strange link. There was a spell in World of Warcraft. I, I promise this will make sense. Uh, that that was changed, and a very avid World of Warcraft player called Vitalik Buterin um, was upset uh, by the change to his like favorite spell. It ruined his build, and he stopped playing the game. Uh, and that was kind of what lit the spark in him for his distaste against centralized systems in which the control is taken away uh, from people. So. That's kind of where it began, which was quite strange. Uh, and that led to Ethereum, uh, essentially, which is kind of like the basis uh, of the article. So you're trying to tell me that Vitalik was just an angry nerd that did nerd shit and then <laughs> went away and within a rage, a nerd rage, decided to take the world under control by making Ethereum. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it beats like an angry tweet, right? At least he fueled the rage <laughs> and it fueled him to do something. But no, there was, there was something in between... In between the nerd rage uh, and Ethereum. So that incident happened. He stopped playing Warcraft. And then sometime after that, Bitcoin became a thing, as, we, as we've discussed. And he was super into it. And he actually co-founded Bitcoin magazine. He's a very intelligent guy, uh, as you would imagine. Uh, and after a while, he actually kind of submitted his own proposal, not for Ethereum, but for Bitcoin. Um, so he thought that Bitcoin needed a scripting language so that people uh, could use uh, it to develop apps essentially uh but no one seemed to like that idea uh as with most like famous origin stories uh he was rejected and then that's when really the road to ethereum begun he took matters into his own own hands you know the interesting thing i found out about this and i want you to tell me a little bit about their the co-founders bit but mm -hmm. the dude's young i mean vitalik is still a young dude when he was making this uh making ethereum five years ago he was what 17 years old so he's like going to these well-established you know tech entrepreneurs that are in their 30s going, hey, guys, I'm going to nerd rage. Go make this thing. You guys, can you guys work with me to build this? And they're, they're just like, OK, kid, we're going to do this. Can you tell us a little about this, that story? I think this is super interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? In, I believe, Miami in 2014, which seems like not that long ago now in, in all things, but um, he actually proposed this idea, Ethereum, in which was a blockchain in which uh, decentralized apps could be developed for. Uh, and despite his age, which is super young by, by tech standards, he actually piqued the interest of a, of a bunch of Bitcoin enthusiasts from from Toronto. So uh, as you do at the tech conference, you, you rent a beach hut, which is what they did, uh, and began to kind of really really nerd out. I, I can't even imagine the, the conversations that took place in that beach hut, but I don't think I'd understand any of them apart from maybe order pizza. Uh, and that's kind of how it started. So there were, there were a few people in that group. So one of them would be Gavin Wood, who's actually a British programmer. Uh, so he had quite an important role um, because he proposed Solidity, which is basically the, the smart contract programming language so i mean all of these people are crazy clever uh, and gavin has since le leaving ethereum he, he's done some cool things as well he's developed a, like a smart crazy fancy lighting system for like a club i believe somewhere in the, in the uk i'm not sure which one but that that's quite cool he's invented a board game he's, he's, he's done a bunch of stuff so these are all super clever people and then we've got joseph lubin uh, who actually went on to found consensus and then we've got charles hoskinson uh, who was very briefly the ceo of ethereum so that's kind of like the main key key players. Uh, you have a few others as well, like um, Anthony D'Orio, who is the underwriter, but that's the main thing. It started off in that heart, but then it went to another heart about six months later in Switzerland. These guys all met in a cabin in, in Zug, uh, which they dubbed the, the spaceship. It was at this point that a few... I'd say tethers were were cut. So Buterin's vision was to have this uh, Ethereum 
as a non-profit so he, he stuck by that uh, and a few people uh, parted ways including uh, Hoskinson so that that was kind of one of the the first key things there but essentially this we want to sum up the beginning so far world of warcraft bit of nerd rage new idea for a coin and then two cabins that was kind of the start of ethereum with some very clever people <laughs> thrown in okay so yeah i have my tinfoil hat on right now as i'm talking to you and i always look at these kind of projects like and says hey i want to you know do this amazing thing that's going to change basically the way that we look at the internet our data decentralization and it's just a couple guys making that tinfoil hats on it, it, do, you, do you suspect nsa <laughs> mi5 I I don't well I think I suffer from the f- same thing that you do when I hear about uh, young people uh, making hundreds of millions and I think it's called jealousy and I suffer from it as well so <laughs> so I think I'm wearing the same hat as you are because it makes I think it makes us feel better inside right I think that's that's really what's happening here <laughs> So you so you're not on the conspiracy theory train that says no okay that's just me yes okay fine okay <laughs> Fine, Vitalik. I am jealous of your hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, I am. <laughs> the cool thing uh, is, though, like re- reading up about him, he's, I can't remember what his estimated net worth is. It's something like 100 million at, at the very least. Um, but he seems like a really non-materialistic person. He's not like driving uh, gold chrome-plated Lambos or anything like that. And I don't know why I'm expecting, it's not like billionaires have like a gold suit uniform. So I'm supposing you could probably walk past one today and not realize but it's just um yeah it's just there's a a certain mysticism about these giant tech gurus and if you go back further to like the bill gates and steve jobs of the world and 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 so on there's always this kind of like almost cult following in the industry about these people kind of like celebrities in a way just in the the tech world in a more nerdy sense I'm I'm gonna guess you know everybody's saying jeff bezos is gonna be the first trillionaire i'm going with vitalik is the first trillionaire that's a safe bet. If I had any Ethereum, I would bet that you'd be correct, but I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you still don't. That's too I bad. still don't. <laughs> wow. Wow. You are. Can we even call you a crypto writer if you don't have crypto? Or Well, I've, I've got some. Obviously, I won't name it because that's, that's uh, I'm no show. Uh, I have some, but I just, I keep waiting and waiting to, to jump in on more. And I, you know, I've been following the buy high, sell low process, which is working out pretty great for me so far. So <laughs> <laughs> that is the Bitcoin standard right there. Okay, so move, moving on with Ethereum. So Ethereum's yes. launched, and we are, you know, we're cooking. We have the ICO bubble. What is Vitalik thinking when he sees what's being built on Ethereum? Right. So it launched between around July and August 2014, and it raised 31,529 BTC, which was around 18 million dollars uh, at the time. So that that you know, not a bad way to kick things off. Uh, then in 2015, they launched the test net. And that's when people cleverer than myself uh, began to mine Ethereum or ETH. Uh, so I'm happy for them. Uh, so yeah, they obviously rewarded their PCs, um, crunching numbers to help secure the, the blockchain. Uh, and then we, of course, we had dApps, um, decentralized apps. So people could start building these decentralized apps using the Ethereum blockchain. And th- this is kind of all of... Um, Vitalik's vision right here. So this was a really crucial step. His, I guess, vision for a world in which 
power is taken away from the tech giants, uh, centralized tech giants such as Google or Facebook, and where people take the power back into their own hands. So, and then we, the plot takes a, a turn in 2016, uh, where there was the famous DAO hack. So, uh, decentralized autonomous organization that was a set of smart contracts uh, developed on the Ethereum platform. It raised 150 million dollars in a crowd sale to fund the project. So things are good so far. Uh, but then in June, uh, an unknown hacker exploited a flaw uh, in the code uh, and made off with estimated to be around 50 million dollars in ethereum this is the part of the movie where where things go wrong so there was a, there was a choice to be made here whether things should stay as normal and just kind of learn from the lessons and and patch the security that enabled the hack to happen or to kind of press the the red nuke button and initiate a hard fork to come to try and recover the funds. So at this point, it actually split into two. So the people that believed that even though something bad happened, the whole point of blockchain is that things should just stay as they are. That's actually Ethereum Classic. So the, the Ethereum that we know is today is the forked version from that hack. What is F2.0 and how is that going to kind of flip the script, change the game. Right. So just a full disclaimer, I am not uh, a code nerd. So it's a very, my, I'm going to give you my very basic understanding of this. So, so you mentioned the 15 transactions a second. That's, that's clearly not, not good enough. So the way they're going to try and combat this is with something called sharding, which is a great word. I just love the word sharding. Simultaneous kind of uh, processing between the several nodes is, is kind of the backbone of ETH2. And also the, the other big thing, the transition and the swap from proof of work, so basically mining to, to proof of stake. So we've heard, especially in, in the past year or so, about for example, the environmental impacts, the negative environmental impacts of mining coins such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, people throwing tons of money at, uh, at GPUs, depending on the card or, or, or miners as well. So loads of heat, loads of money uh, and overall uh, not that great. So the shift will be to, to proof of stake, which doesn't require rewards for your calculations, but you essentially keep your wallet online, uh, stake the coins so you can't spend them. But just by being online, they'll be able to perform part of the verifications on the blockchain and then you will be rewarded for it in the simplest term. Thank you very much, S, for coming on. And we want to wish Ethereum not S, but Ethereum, <laughs> a happy birthday, happy fifth birthday. Vitalik, we're not we're not jealous of you. We're we're impressed by everything that you built. Um and well, you make the crypto space a lot more interesting. Hashtag ICOs, hashtag DeFi. <laughs> happy birthday, Ethereum. And in other news. China arrests over 109 people in connection to Plus Token, which is the biggest Ponzi scheme in the crypto space. 27 alleged individuals were operating from overseas. These arrests were to put a stop to the Ponzi scheme. This Ponzi scheme has over 3,000 Ponzi relationships. As you guys know how Ponzi scheme works, like you kind of recruit other people underneath you and you have this multi-level weird thing going on where you have paying people from the bottom to the top and the top gets the money and cashes out and you get more people to pay in to pay the other people. Anyway, the total value of all the digital currencies that were in this Ponzi scheme, they say we're at 5.8 billion US dollars. Yow. Yowzers. Iran is now allowing industrial Bitcoin mining as it seeks economic refuge. Iran is trying to take basically the ball to their court. They're trying to have their own sovereignty of money. As you know, Iran has been faced with lots of sanctions and restrictions 
due to bad blood with Western countries. Rightfully so or not rightfully so, this is what's happening. So Iran has allowed power plants to operate large-scale Bitcoin mining operations in the country as long as they follow three caveats. The first one being that they comply with all regulations. Second, that they gain licenses to do these mining operations. And third, they don't use subsidized electricity. In a global sense of the Bitcoin network, it doesn't matter who is mining it or what country is. The more miners, the stronger the network. And we just got a big boost to the strength of the network. And it's finally official. Cardano's Shelly Hardfork goes live after five years in the making. This is going to decentralize Cardano, introduce stake pools, and delegations. I'm excited to see the developments. Again, the crypto space is always changing. Keep your eyes on this one. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening to The Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew, and follow me on Twitter at The Decrypt Daily. And this is a weird sound. I had to put this on because I made a dare with CastBox, a podcasting platform. Bear with me. It's a burp noise. That was extremely obnoxious. I'm really sorry about that. But I chose a dare, and I want to be able to say that I always live up to my word. They dared me to do that. CastBox is a podcasting app. Don't forget to download our app, Decrypt Media, from your Google Play Store and your Apple App Store for your news, for your crypto news, in the palm of your hand. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.